0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello and welcome to episode 80 of the Maker Mom podcast. This week's guest is Lindsay with Lindsay Creative. Super fun time chatting with Lindsay. Um... Not the first metalworker that I've had on uh, the podcast, but definitely the first metalworker of her kind on the podcast. So fun learning about her process of getting into blacksmithing and, you know, just all about that journey. And then you're definitely going to hear Lindsay and I get real with some real, real talk about what it's like right now being parents of small children during this time of lockdown with COVID-19. Um, so if we seem perhaps maybe a little punchy, it's probably why a little bit of stress humor sneaking in there. And, um, you're also going to catch at least one instance of, uh, me being interrupted by one of my littles. Um, when I was going through the editing process, I decided not to take it out because that's real life. And, um, Just want you guys to know that I'm real, too, just like you. But before I get into the interview with Lindsay, which is truly excellent, I want to give a super big um, thank you, shout out, and virtual hug to all of my patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Amy of Bison Valley Carving, which... P.S. is having an amazing giveaway right now on her Instagram, so stop, hit pause right now, get out your phone, look up Bison Valley Carving, and enter to win her set of three carved spoons. You will not be disappointed that you did. All right, uh, back to it. Thank you so very much, Brandy, Studio Obey, Kathy, One Girl and Her Tools, Dan and Kelly of Reclaimed Living Store, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs, and Mary Lou, Made by Mary Lou. Thank you all so very much. uh, Sending more than one virtual hug, if you will. I appreciate each and every one of you, and appreciate each and every one of you who tune in every week and listen to my rambling sometimes at the beginning of an episode. So very much appreciated. Anyways, let's get into the episode with... Lindsay of Lindsay Creative. All right. Well, Lindsay, why don't we start with you uh, doing a little bit of an introduction on yourself? Sure. Um, My name is Lindsay
1: Murphy. I am a maker and an artist, and I go as Lindsay Creative on Instagram. And I live in Houston, Texas with my two kids and husband. My kids are, my son is the oldest. He is eleven. My daughter is Nora, and she is seven years old, and I'm a metal worker, a artist, painter. I kind of dabble in everything. Right now, I'm currently making brass and copper jewelry, and I'm really loving it, uh, mainly because people are really excited about it, and I get excited when other people get excited. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, before we dive into like how in the world did you get into all of that stuff, let's uh, go back a little ways to your childhood. You know, what was your childhood like? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, well, I grew up in uh, outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
1: I uh, spent a lot of time hanging out in the woods with my brother and my sister. and am the oldest of three kids, and uh, my parents are from upstate New York. My mom grew up in a very uh, do-it-yourself kind of family. Her dad was a welder and a blacksmith and he had all this stuff in the barn where she could just go and build things and invent things and so she kind of came with this background of always making, always creating and so she brought that um, as a parent and so she was always making. I would see her working in the garage. She had like a loom and so she was weaving. Uh, There were other times when she did ceramics. She did jewelry making. She did uh, metalworking as well. uh, Glass fusing. Uh, Now she's into sewing. Like that's her thing right now. So she's quilting all the time. Uh, My dad, he uh, was a chemist and ham radio operator and... (laughs) He loves gardening. Like, so he would have this huge garden in our backyard, always creating that. He still gardens today. So he'll like call me up and tell me, oh, I have, I put in some bok choy, <laughs> uh, things like that. So he, they always encouraged me in any interest I had. So I was really interested in art. So on the weekends they would, my dad would drive me into downtown Philly for art lessons every Saturday. And that was like our time we spent together. So they always encourage our interests. So my sister, she loves soccer, and so they encouraged her into that. Uh, my brother was an Eagle Scout, you know. So yeah, like where, wherever we were interest, uh, interested in, they always were uh, encouraging in in that. So it was really cool.
0: Yeah, uh, I think that's really cool, especially when parents um, encourage the arts. Um, you know, a lot of times you see uh, encouragement in, like, sports or um, music, uh, which is Mm -hmm. an art, too, but, like, more visual arts isn't necessarily always encouraged, so that's great. Um, Yeah. You had that opportunity. So, uh, what was high school like? Uh, What kind of things? uh, Were you still doing art lessons, or did you have other interests at that point? Well, high school was, a bit challenging because
1: uh, my family moved from Philly down to Houston. And so it was a big upheaval for me, a big culture shock. And uh, there wasn't like exploring in the woods anymore. And there wasn't like a lot of the things that I loved to do. I couldn't really do in Houston. Uh, but there were other things that I was introduced to. I had some really amazing teachers in high school I loved physics and I loved math. And so I kind of got into those things. I still did art, um, but it just was different. And so after high school, I ended up going into mechanical engineering because I really kind of felt like physics explained the world to me. Like it made things make sense to me. Uh, So yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. so so mechanical engineering uh, college degree, is that what you yeah,
1: want?
0: Yeah, yeah, um,
1: yeah, I got my master's in mechanical engineering, and uh, I really enjoyed, I was really attracted to material science, so like metallurgy and, and polymers and things like that. And um I, I wish I up... would
0: have known you when I was going to college cuz none of that <laughs> made any sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> well, I loved it but I
1: necess- I didn't really get good grades in it. I should say, <laughs> 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 I was a terrible test taker, so let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. I I freeze under pressure. So, uh yeah, that that was something that was a a difficult (laughs) that was a difficult scene for me in college so but I did end up working on the space shuttle program so that uh that kind of came about after college and um we moved like my husband and I moved to Houston we said well actually when we were looking for work uh we're like anywhere except Houston we don't want to move to Houston (laughs) And, and that was the only job available was working for NASA and we ended up living in Houston and so of course mm-hmm. but we I love Houston really enjoy it um, yeah so
0: so does that mean your husband has like the same degree you have or very similar that you guys were both uh, those yeah. were the jobs available to you was working with uh, the space program
1: yeah, he has a mechanical engineering degree as well, uh, but he, he's really into robotics and electrical engineering and that kind of stuff. And I have zero interest in that little stuff. <laughs> So he helps me with some uh, electronic stuff that I have uh, in my artwork. A lot of times I'll incorporate LEDs into it and I'll bug him for help, even though I should know those things. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but, you know, you have that fantastic resource at hand. So. <laughs> exactly. I. That's what I tell him. <laughs> I totally understand that because, honestly, like, there's, like, so many things I want to do, like, a lot more LED work with. And mm-hmm. even though, like, I took three and a half years of electronics in high school, you know, where I was, like building PCB boards and all of that yeah. stuff but yeah. since high school I haven't really touched it and so it's like it's almost it's like a little bit intimidating just and it's like it shouldn't be but it is a little bit intimidating. Yeah. It's, it's just more things on your plate
1: you know yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm trying to reduce that <laughs> <laughs> so if I can outsource that I should take advantage of that so or at least that's yeah. what I say. <laughs>
0: So when did kind of like being an artist come into your adult life? So I've
1: always, I mean, as you can tell from my childhood, art was always a part of my life. My mom's actually an art teacher. Forgot to mention that. (laughs) Uh, But uh, so it's always been there. Um, But it really didn't come about, until actually I met a woman at my workplace so we worked on the space shuttle program together and she invited us over for like a dinner party and she mentioned something about painting and she showed me her artwork and it really was a uh, kind of I don't want to say like a punch in the gut but it was more of like making me realize and I should get back to painting I have that skill and that ability. And, uh, and I had kind of put that on hold when I studied engineering. And and I kind of left it out of my life for such a long time. Uh, I didn't have kids at the time. But um, so I started painting and getting back into that. And then actually her and I did an art show together down in downtown Houston. And that was so fun and exciting and engaging. Really love that. And so that just kind of started that process again in me um, and then later on when I had um, my second child I was the uh, space shuttle program had ended in 2011 and I had my daughter in 2012 and I was just really trying to find my identity again uh, because you kind of lose it or at least I felt like I lost it when I was a mom <laughs> you put so much of yourself um, sacrifice so much of yourself, your body, your mind, your emotions, all into your kids. It just, and so you kind of lose sense of yourself. And so I was trying to figure out who, who am I, what I want to be. And so I started like doing things like I, I never played a musical instrument before, so I'm gonna find the cheapest musical instrument. I'm gonna teach myself. So I like bought a ukulele. <laughs> Try to play the ukulele was horrible at it and uh but then i started finding myself in different ways uh that i really engaged in and um really started to find myself again and uh through that was uh, blacksmithing i came across a blacksmithing group uh with while i was kind of um hiking with my family uh they were at this farm And it's a blacksmith group that meets once a month. And I just watched them for a while. And I was like, this engages my love of material science and metallurgy and my love of art. And I was hooked immediately. And that kind of led me to where I am today, where I'm doing metalworking and, and doing all this other stuff. So that was about five years ago.
0: Okay. Um, I will say I totally totally understand the uh, loss of your sense of self uh, Mm -hmm. when being a mom because I had the same I don't know like I liken it to kind of the existential crisis type thing when after my second was born and like finding myself like you know one one attached to the boob nonstop, stop and the other a toddler mm-hmm. running around being crazy and just being like okay like i feel like i'm just a blob here taking care of like children <laughs> you know um totally so that's when i got back into uh like seriously back into woodworking was just because i'm like i have to do something that connects me back to myself and that like is basically solely for me, so yeah. you know that's I get that, and and creating can just I think, well, it's just such a uh, an activity of mindfulness, so um, mm-hmm. can really yeah. help with kind of mental health type stuff as well. Definitely. Um, so blacksmithing, I have always been intrigued by it. Um, <laughs> But I haven't, I have yet to do it. Um, so I get where you're saying where it kind of connects with that love of um, uh, material science, because it's definitely a lot about that and understanding the movement of material and how to make that work. So, does that mean you have like a full on like black smithing shop like in your garage or in your backyard or? <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I wish I did right now
1: at the moment because so I used to have it right back outside but I joined a makerspace several years ago and one of the things was uh, because I had this um, this knowledge and this background of blacksmithing they wanted to have a blacksmith forge in the back and so uh, I worked with a guy, and we built this big forge up there. And then I brought my anvil over, and it's all sitting at our makerspace right now. And so normally I go throughout the week while my kids are in school, I go and I work on my anvil with the forge. But now because of the lockdown, I can't go to my makerspace, um, and so. <laughs> I'm struggling a bit (laughs) mentally, (laughs) uh, but I do have some things in my garage and I call it my shop where I have like jewelry making area and I have another ample, but it's for non-ferrous materials. So I, Mm. but I don't have like a forge, so I can only do like copper and brass on it right now. Yeah. So that's keeping me mentally stable. (laughs) at the moment.
0: (laughs) I totally understand that as well because like uh, four weeks ago uh, right at the start a little over four weeks ago right at the start of um, the whole lockdown I was in my shop space which I have my own shop space uh, Mm -hmm. but it's not at home and I injured myself um, with an angle grinder and a very misfortunate touching of a wheel spinning with my fingertip. Don't do that Ouch. ever. I'm just going to say. Don't uh-huh. do that, ever. Um, noted. <laughs> noted. Yes. Um, but so I, I was injured and so I couldn't do any woodworking. Plus, like, it's just not really practical right now for me, even though I could go to my shop because there's nobody there and it's my space. And so like lockdown rules, I would be fine. But, you know, my wife works from home, and so then I'm taking, you know, I have the kids during the day, so I'm not just going to run over to the shop. So, yeah, I've been, this weekend, my my fingers finally healed, and we just moved a bunch of stuff. We went to the shop and brought it home, so I could at least, like, run out for, like, 15-minute segments and do stuff, because I am, like, my mental well-being is not the greatest. (laughs) right now because I am lost without being able to make it's that sense yeah. of self again you know Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so I totally get it and you're like looking I was really starting to look around the house for like anything I was like I don't care like anything that I can just like kind of put together with like glue or something because I need <laughs> something <for you. laughs> totally get it um yeah. What about with um, painting and stuff like that as well are you i mean is that still part of your maker slash artist journey, or are yeah. you pretty well focused on kind of metallurgy type stuff right now
1: Oh normally it comes in waves so uh, I, about two months ago, I was painting almost every day, and then a lot of times what happens is i 'll get stuck on something, especially with the painting. Like, I'll have a composition issue or trying to figure out something. And I normally don't like to keep on working through that issue. I like to step back from it. And so I'll like put it on the wall or put it away for a minute and I'll,
0: I'll stop and stop <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> <It's okay>. the <laughs> All right. <laughs> the major em- emergency of have to charge the tablet and the cord is in here. <laughs> <laughs> These are the issues of our days. Yes, yes. (laughs) I I I, really have come to starting to ask, are you bleeding? Are you dying? If you are not, please do not scream bloody murder.
1: (laughs) That is what I told my kids before this thing. I was like, if there is an issue, even if you're going to go talk to dad about it, you do not scream. (laughs) Right. just do angry whispers please
0: (laughs) i like that angry whispers yes (laughs) fantastic i'm gonna steal that terminology yes (laughs) i did have to chuckle at myself at the irony this morning that i was yelling at my children to stop screaming like, yep, yep, that makes lots of sense, right
1: there. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's one of the things of parenthood, you, you know, <laughs> uh, the hypocrisy that shows itself up once in a while.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, I All don't right. remember what I was I talking about. No, you were talking about um, oh, yeah. painting. painting and getting stuck and kind of. Uh, yeah stepping back from it yeah so so
1: I'll a lot of times is I'll work on a commission piece and uh, then I'll finish and focus on that commission piece finish it hand it off and then a lot of times I'll go into painting mode and work on that because and it goes back and forth and it really kind of keeps the creativity flowing I don't get stuck in something it's good so
0: So since you mentioned that you moved a lot of your stuff to the maker space and don't have a lot of it at home, like what are, I mean, if it's not the copper and brass stuff that you're working with now, because that's what you have on hand, I mean, what type of things are you really focused on making? What kind of materials do you like to work with, with the forge and everything?
1: Yeah.
0: So my steel work, like a lot of the steel
1: that I work with, you, you can only heat it in a forge to get it hot enough to make, to move it. And so all that is at the at the maker space currently. And I was planning on making all this sort of really cool kitchen utensils, or at least I thought they were cool, but now I can't do any of that. Um, so I'm at home and I really enjoy working with copper and brass. It's just a lot of fun and that I don't need a lot of high temperature to work with. I can use just a simple propane torch and I have a another anvil at home that I use and it's just kind of there to manipulate a little bit of the copper and the brass and it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so that's currently what I'm doing. Uh, but yeah, the steel work is on hold.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um what what's some examples of things you've made with your steel work so you mentioned i mean you were going to do the utensils but what else mm-hmm. have you uh made in the past
1: uh so the most interesting thing i've made or at least i think was a fun challenge was a a uh, hourglass holder so a friend of mine she was wanting uh her dad collects hourglass holders. But, and, uh, and so she asked me to make some sort of thing that holds an hourglass. And uh, so that was a really fun thing for me to do. That was last year, uh, to work with metal and somehow incorporate glass into that sculpture. And that was uh, exciting and fun for me. I really like to do things that are challenging me, something new. Um, But I find that with steel and blacksmithing, I really find enjoyment making some of the same things over and over again. Like I really like making leaves and feathers uh, and incorporating that into like hooks or bottle openers. Um, I I find just that it's like a real meditative process for me. So I I just really enjoy incorporating like natural things into something that is very hard and tough and rigid uh so uh yeah that's and right now those are just things i make for myself i don't really put those out into the world uh to sell and i end up actually giving away as gifts so my dad has i i've given him like barbecue uh tongs and my mom some hooks and I think I've made some stuff for my sister and my brother. So I just keep on like making things and giving them away. Uh, And that's always been really fun
0: Mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. So I noticed as of late with the copper and brass stuff, it seems to be falling into like superhero type category. So it made me want to ask, like, (laughs) do you, does a lot of your work fall into themes? Like when you're like, doing a painting or anything like that yeah. is there kind of like a theme to it uh, yeah uh with uh with my paintings
1: I started incorporating a lot of space themes um and and with the LEDs that just kind of morphed into that sort of thing and and that was really fun now with the superhero stuff what well, because what spurred that on was, um, with a Marvel movies. I wanted, I wanted to show my kids all those movies. And so we had been going through them step-by-step step, starting with Iron Man and working our way through them all. And we just finished end game about a month ago. And so my, si- my sister, my daughter, <laughs> sometimes it feels like she's my sister. My daughter was really just, Loving all the woman superheroes, and I um, wanted—I felt engaged in that, and in just wanting to encourage her in that. So I started recreating some of the women superheroes. So I did like Black Widow and Scarlet Witch, and then I thought, well, Wonder Woman. I mean, obviously, it's not part of the Marvel universe; it's part of the DC universe, and and so I made some of those, and that just kind of morphed into the cuffs and. And that's kind of really taken off. Um, and yeah, so the, they're, I guess, my kids were the inspiration to the superhero uh, mm-hmm. stuff. But I've always been kind of into the geek uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. always, that's my also <laughs> part of my childhood. <laughs> Lots of Star Wars and Star Trek and all that stuff, so... Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same here. Um, and recently, I've just um, started talking about like incorporating maybe more of that side of myself into like what I'm making. Um, so like my like stickers I've had made and stuff, all and uh, t-shirts I have all incorporate Wonder Woman and kind of going you know for that theme, but. I'm, I'm full-on geek, so I'm going to be working on some Buffy the Vampire Slayer projects coming up yes. this summer. <laughs> um, so stuff awesome. like that. Um, a little Winona Earp stuff thrown in there, too. So. Oh, yeah, Yes. yes. Cool. yes. <laughs> hey, Makers. This week's sponsor is Wagner Spray Tech. I want to talk to you right now about their series of control sprayers. I have, personally, the Control Spray 250, which is great for staining and finishing of small to medium-sized projects. It has power and control to cut time out of staining projects like fences, railings, furniture, trim, perfect during these upcoming summer months for all of that outdoor furniture you may be making like I plan on making. Um, It has simple adjustments. It can spray transparent to solid stains, lacquers, and a lot of other furniture paints with speed and efficiency. Listen to this. It can stain uh, an area that is 8 foot by 10 foot in less than 2 minutes. That is awesome. It's lightweight and compact, easy to maneuver around. Uh, The... Control Finish Nozzle sprays a smooth and consistent coverage, and pattern adjustment can be horizontal, vertical, and narrow round, which is perfect, again, when you need to get into a precise area on a project. Uh, So go ahead and go check out Wagner Spray Tech's Control Spray Series. Uh, You can check them out on their website, wagnerspraytech.com, or you can follow them on social over on Instagram, wagnerspraytech. So it's it, that stuff is kind of getting me amped up cuz i haven't done anything like that you know i've been more fo- yeah. f- focused on like uh incorporating more like organic uh mm-hmm. nature type shapes and stuff into my work which i still enjoy doing but it's like it's a little bit i like being able to bring what i say like the fantastical into kind of you know everyday yeah. objects and making it fun so totally yeah totally. So I am like totally in love with your Wonder Woman cuffs. I'm like, those are like amazing. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, All right. So you kind of just basically not too long ago, really just picked up the whole like blacksmithing and stuff. Mm -hmm. What was it like to learn that craft? Um, was any of it intimidating? You know, um, it, yeah. it definitely tends to be something that I would say more men do than women. I would assume that's still the case.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think so the, the first class I went to really wasn't a class. It was more of like a get together and I remember going and I remember being so anxious and so nervous um, one, because I, I've already, I'm used to being in the male-dominated fields through engineering and all that. So I wasn't sure how I would be accepted in the group. I wasn't sure if I'd be ignored or talked down to. Um, so there was a lot of unknowns. And this group of people that there was, for some reason that day, there was just a lot of people. And um, so they took the more experienced guys and we kind of broke off into groups, and the guy who showed me how to do things, he didn't talk down to me. He was so enthusiastic and so excited, not that, oh, it's a woman. It's, I love blacksmithing so much. I can't wait to show you what this is all about, and that was so welcoming and so encouraging, and since then, I've had two mentors through that group, and they're Older men, they're probably in their 60s and 70s. And they have kind of come alongside me and treated me as equal. They've been very respectful towards me, which I really appreciate. And they're always just genuinely humble guys. So they don't have this giant ego where they need to feel like they need to talk down to you at all. And so they've been very encouraging. Now, there's been other instances instances where it hasn't been that way but because of those people showing me their craft and I've been able to learn in a way that um I think a lot of people might be scared to. and um I remember one time I was learning how to make a spoon for the very first time and uh I was kind of tapering this uh, piece of metal, and uh, one of the guys he i think he was like actually the president of our Houston area Blacksmith association. He comes up to me and he said to me, "Do you want would you like some advice or would you like would you like to learn and usually uh there's never a question it's always like Let me tell you what I know. There's like always the, um, what is it? uh, Unsolicited advice, I should say. And sometimes that can be very frustrating because you're like, I know what I'm doing. And and I've had to set aside my ego a lot of times because blacksmithing will definitely break you. Uh, The heat, the amount of physical labor, and you will burn your piece. Um, All that labor you put in it will burn, and so it's a very humbling activity. And so, to be asked, "Would you like some advice?" I was like, I was kind of shocked for a moment because I was like, "I don't know how to deal with this. Like, <laughs> aren't you going to give me unsolicited advice, kind of thing?" <laughs> but uh, so, I had to put myself in a place of vulnerability and saying, "Yeah, I don't really know what I'm doing." So show me what you know. And uh, so I was able to learn through that. And it was mm-hmm. really a, a actually a very good experience.
0: So. That's, I mean, that's awesome. It's all about just like mutual respect um, and understanding that regardless of your outside makeup, like all of you are there to learn. I'm assuming you weren't the only one who was like learning how to do something that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, that sounds great that you've had kind of that nurturing um, environment uh, to touch on what you said about the kind of like the humbling piece of that. You know, I haven't actually, I've had um, welders on the podcast, but I have not had any blacksmiths um, on the podcast and there definitely is, is a difference. So um mm-hmm. Like, what was it like to start working with, like, that amount of heat and stuff at first? Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm assuming it takes time to condition yourself, like, to be able to, like, put yeah. in real time into that environment. Oh, totally. I
1: remember the, the first thing I made, and it was a simple ring, like, taking um, a piece of ground stock, and just making a ring out of it. And I think it took me four hours, like four hours just change. And it turned out to be really like a really nice ring, but I was exhausted and physically worn out. And I think it was when I made it, it was like April timeframe, maybe May. And in Houston, it's probably getting into the eighties at that moment. And you're around a 2000 degree fire for four hours. And so you are hot and your body is tired. Um, I did suffer a heat stroke about a year and a half ago uh, doing during blacksmithing. And I, it took me, I mean, you mentioned you had an accident with your thumb, and it took me a really long time to bounce back from that and to get back into blacksmithing and I, I gotta say I was depressed during that time because you realize how much your body is like if it's not healthy if it's not capable uh, how much we rely on our bodies to do the work we need them to do
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, absolutely was there any moment after making that first ring where you thought to yourself am I crazy for wanting to do this
1: Well, I, for a long time, I put off buying a hammer and I put off buying, like, investing money in it. So that was the, when I finally decided, okay, I'm going to go get a hammer. I'm going to buy myself tongs, like, so that, like, I know I can do this. And uh, I know there's guys who get really excited because they'll watch Forged and Fire and they'll buy everything first before they even start doing it. And I, I I wouldn't say that's the best way to go.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to ask you, when are you going to be on an episode of Forged in Fire? Like,
1: (laughs) I'm not a (laughs) There, There is a difference. And
0: yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that you do take commissions. So, um, it sounds like then this is not just a hobby, right? You do, right. do, mm-hmm. do some of this work for, uh, for the purpose of making money. Um, yeah. How did you turn, or I guess when, did you turn it into business versus uh, getting back into art, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about right around after my daughter was born, uh, about 2012 is when I kind of started wanting to uh, take my art into more of a business way. Um, actually, it started with um, a commission to do a children's book, illustrate a children's book. And so I uh, did that for a bit. And then um, that kind of spurred on the idea of selling my artwork and being able to, you know, make an, a bit of an income for our family. Uh, it's definitely not something, a livable wage at all, <laughs> but it would be nice to eventually get to that place. Um, and I think the biggest thing was making up the, like, see, a couple of years ago, I made a mural for the library. And that was, so these commissions, just started coming in and getting bigger and bigger and uh so uh yeah that that I think started it that that uh children's book so
0: okay so is that mainly uh still like just commissions for um painting or are you doing any commission work for any of your metal working
1: uh right now it's turned more metal working than anything so uh a lot of it is uh the the jewelry the cups uh lot, usually around christmas time i get a lot of commissions for different pieces for family members like people will come and say could you make this dragon pe- uh, pendant for my kid or you know, just things like that where people normally can't find something they can't just go on in the store and say oh this is perfect for my kid you know so usually it's something unique and custom
0: mhm okay um so do you so you're taking commission or request work then mm-hmm. from from clients but are you also like making your own pieces i mean do you do any of like the art fair circuit type stuff or any of that well i would love to make my own pieces i do make
1: my own pieces however I usually like the commissions come in so much that I end up not being able to produce as much as I would like to. So I would, I'm always like next year I'm going to do that market that Christmas market or next year I'm going to do this. And I, surely I'll, something always comes up like coronavirus or <laughs> whatever, <laughs> where I can't, uh, you start doing production mode like Mm -hmm. that's where there's always something and so I usually um I can never get to production mode Mm -hmm. I'm always either in commission mode which is pretty easy because I can put all my focus on that and get it out the door whereas production mode is more of like making the same thing not necessarily over and over again but at least making a lot so that I can go to market and sell and I haven't gotten to that place yet. I want to, the desire is there.
0: It's the time. <laughs> totally, totally understand that aspect of it. Um, I will say it's not always all that it's cracked up to be. There's like two Christmases ago where I did a bunch of, like I was doing a bunch of pop-up shops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I got into production mode on, on smalls and I'm like, I think I'm finally down to, like, the last 10 coasters, you know, from two years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it's not always good, but it's good to know, like, that you can get into that mode. Um, Right. I will say that. But um, so how are people finding you for commission work? Yeah. So
1: typically it's a lot of people I already know. And so lately that's been through Facebook. I'll post something on Instagram and I'll repost on Facebook. Uh, But the Facebook is mainly just my friends and family. It's not people I meet on Instagram. I don't friend them on Facebook. And so I have friends on Facebook who see my work and then they pass it along to like, hey, you know, this person does metal work. You should go check her out. And so it's a lot of word of mouth. Um, but also I've been able to sell a couple things on Instagram through, through just random people
0: seeing my stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you have like your own website or, um, any of that yet? Or is it, I mean, no. just solely like Instagram and Facebook and. Yeah.
1: It's solely okay. that. I would love to eventually get to that point of having a website, but, uh, that requires, that requires more, more time than I, than I have, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally get it. Um, how do, you, like, non-coronavirus time, how do you manage, <laughs> how do you manage um, being an active mom and maker and businesswoman all at the same time? I, so I had to laugh at that question because I'm like I don't remember
1: if I've ever done all those three things all at once <laughs> ever usually I um like I can maybe do two of those things okay and then whatever is left totally is crap Um uh, <laughs> yeah uh like I was just thinking about it like last week I was like all right I'm getting great shop time in I'm doing a lot of good stuff there and oh and my kids you know uh schooling is actually going well and then I'm um, like six o'clock rolls around I'm like oh yeah I have to make food for us to eat whoops like <laughs> like and like the house is a wreck and I'm like well you know like it's just it's just what it is and mm-hmm. I, I mean even in the non-coronavirus time whenever that was like I don't really remember uh, like, I, just, I really don't what was that life like who was I back then like I know <laughs> I was a totally different person uh, uh, I mean it just I had all this extra free time what did I do <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I mean that's mainly I I I normally focus on production, concept design. Uh I do a lot of that and then I usually implement it. Um and I may have like three or four things going at the same time. And then uh typically my both of my kids are in school, so usually Uh, I get a good chunk of time during the day to really focus on that. Now, um, I don't know what it's like for other moms or stay-at-home parents, but a lot of times there's this um, giving yourself permission to do that. So if, like, the house is a mess, I have to still push through to, like, getting into the shop. Otherwise, I could totally eat up half my day, like, doing the laundry doing groceries, cooking, like, Mm -hmm. and then, like, half of my shop time is gone, and, and I need to give myself permission to be, like, that's, that's not as important as doing that, so, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, I think, um, that's a really good point to bring up, because I think that's the hardest part, right, giving yourself permission, um, or even, or even not feeling guilty when, X, Y, Z is not done. <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> I think we'll survive if you have to wear those jeans again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, what would you say is your favorite part about being a maker artist? I really love
1: the just losing myself in a piece. So like I'll be painting and I'll just get into this meditative process, like this flow. And um, same with blacksmithing, like I'll be hammering a piece and I can just totally lose myself in that moment. And that is like a really um, fulfilling thing. Uh, And especially when it comes out the other side and actually looks decent. uh but also just being able to make something like being able to look
0: at something and know that I can make it it's very empowering so, yeah yeah uh I totally agree I've I've said on the podcast before I liken it to um prayer for me it's almost like prayer mm-hmm. while making yeah. just that you know state of being yeah um What's your favorite part about being a mom?
1: Yeah, it's hard <laughs> to think of that right now <laughs> with the coronavirus. <laughs> Look, I'm questioning all of my life choices right now.
0: <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have found ourselves going thank god we only have two that is yeah, <laughs> totally <laughs> oh, so,
1: sorry, I'm still laughing and crying <laughs> that's okay <laughs> just a moment yes. let me let me go in the corner and stop for a bit and come back <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I really, I really, and I sometimes like Facebook will like remind me of like when my kids were younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, there'll be like a video of them being really young, and my it just makes my heart burst like, just with so much love that with intensity that like is so overwhelming that I can't handle it sometimes. And to when my first child was born and also with my second to feel that amount of love for someone who doesn't even love you back at that moment. (laughs) Like (laughs) there is no expectations. There is just pure love and joy um, that has been exhilarating and then um which i didn't this was a surprising thing for me when my daughter was born and as she got older was to see the love between my firstborn and her and to see that love for each other like so like to have this intense love for both of them and then for them to love each other like that for me was so exciting and just like so overwhelming that and i that was an unexpected thing that i i did not expect as, mm-hmm. as, as a parent so mm-hmm. yeah. so i love it when they're like peacefully playing upstairs i'm like oh so nice mm-hmm. and but as soon as i say that then i hear ah!
0: you jinx yourself every time you say <laughs> <Exactly. that. laughs> every time you yeah. know it's been for us it's been one of those things especially you know right now during the whole uh, COVID time that it's it seems to fall like about four o'clock every afternoon from like four to like bedtime. They just, they play so wonderfully together, which yeah. always leads me to be like, where was this the rest of the day? <laughs> but, but also to just be like appreciative of that, like you said, and to like really love watching them, you know, yeah. play together and just you can tell that they love each other even if they won't admit it they do absolutely do love each other Um, (laughs) so it's it's definitely a fun moment to watch um Mm -hmm. uh i'm a bit surprised to hear you say that though because you grew up with two other siblings and i'm assuming you loved each other
1: Yeah. I think it's different when you're a parent and you see that because you don't really recognize it um, when you're siblings, I think, or at
0: least I didn't. I mm-hmm. I think I was kind of blind to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, and I'll have to take your word for it because I was an only child until I was 16 years old. So I have like watching my children together now at this young age is new for me on all sorts of levels because at their ages, I was, you know, an only kid. And so I was like, I mean, that's one thing I've actually been thankful for, even though we've joked and said, thank God we don't have more than two. I've also been thankful (laughs) that thank God we don't just have one because um, remembering being an only child, I would have been bored out of my mind uh, Uh, going on five weeks at home (laughs) With nobody else to play with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you hope that your kids learn from watching you be this, you know, creative person and, and also having it be a business for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I really hope they get a sense of empowerment that they Anything they want to do, they can put their mind to it. They can educate themselves and create it. Uh, What I love is when when we used to go to the store together as a family.
0: Uh, We will again someday, I hope. Maybe. Maybe,
1: Unless the robots take over and then we're all... uh sorry that's okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I use humor to yes (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: a good coping mechanism it's good it's good (laughs) yeah uh
1: I used to take my daughter and my son to the store like target or whatever and we would be in some aisle and and I don't even remember like we would see something and I'm like oh this is really interesting and it may have been some sort of toy or it could have been like a, you know, a, who knows, like it's just some sort of garden thing that you put in your shelf on in your house. And I remember my daughter saying, and she was probably only three or four years old and she's like, Oh, we could just make that like, and that became their response to everything that we saw. Like we don't need to buy it. We could make that. We don't need to buy that. We could make that. And that that just was so exciting to, have them understand that they don't need to be consumers in this world, but they can be makers. They can feel empowered to know that they can, even if they don't necessarily know how to use a table saw, which they don't know how to use a table saw or a drill press, but they know that they could eventually be capable of that and use those skills that they've acquired to make that. so.
0: I thought that was exciting. I'm, yeah, and I'm impressed that they said they could make that instead of, well, mom could just make that for us. Because totally. that's yeah. the response I get in my house. <laughs> <laughs> that's mom when you're too just good. <laughs> <laughs> so, very impressed with that. Um, what uh, kind of advice would you give another mom who would want to tackle? new skill you know whether it's some sort of making or you know crafting but is hesitant to get started yeah so um i've so this is really intriguing
1: for me is to first understand what's holding you back so kind of do a self-evaluation of like what am i what's holding me back is it because i don't know something or is it that i'm scared Am I afraid? Is it all of these, you know, what, what is it particularly? And then the other thing is, um, and this is what I've told, when, so when I do blacksmithing, usually it's uh, for like a demo. So there'll be kids and there'll be grownups there coming and watching. And I, what I tell the kids especially because um, they're young and still learning, is I tell them, you know what, like I don't have this, this isn't a natural talent. This isn't something I was born knowing. And I think a lot of times as people on the outside and they're looking at artists and they're looking at people who make, they think it's a natural born talent and it's not. It is something that people have learned and they have messed up and they have failed and they have made mistakes. I have burned up so many pieces in a coal forge before and i think it's really important to know is that every like i always say all these blacksmiths these guys who are making beautiful things they have been doing it for 20 to 30 years and they didn't know anything before that like they knew nothing and so it's really important to know that it's a learned skill and um they they can learn it as well it's I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to someone who has 20 to 30 years experience and well, I can't be that way.
0: Mm -hmm. I I really love that. I love that point. Um, Perhaps because it's something I just said to my own son today Um,
1: (laughs) talking about
0: (laughs) piano lessons and um, he was saying how hard it was and you know Mm -hmm. and and I said well you know your teacher it looks easy when she's doing it and I said but she's been playing piano since she was five. She's been playing piano for 40 years. Like yeah. <laughs> it's something that takes practice and time and, yeah. you know, and, and trying to get him to understand that it's okay that you're making mistakes and you're not doing it perfectly the first time you touch those keys and mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, and, and I think too, to your point, um, a lot of people, I think, especially in this day and age with Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and all of the places you can see these things, you start to compare yourself at this beginning step to somebody who's, you know, 10 to 20 steps ahead of you in the game, and you feel Mm -hmm. like you're not doing whatever it is as well. Right. Totally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a trap that I think even experienced makers can fall into as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, Lindsay, we're actually at the end of our time. So I want to give you a chance, though, to let everybody know where they can find you on all of the interwebs. Sure.
1: Yeah, uh, you can uh, find me on Instagram under Lindsay underscore creative. And, uh, my email is there. So if you want to shoot me a DM or you can check out my artwork, uh, that's, that's the primary, primarily, I can't talk today. Anyway, (laughs) that's, 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 that's that's the only place really to find me right now. So,
0: okay, awesome. Well, I'll make sure I include, um, the link for your Instagram in the show notes for the episode. And, uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. Oh, well, thank you, Katie, for, for talking with me. I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Alrighty. Again, that was Lindsay of Lindsay Creative. And if you want to find the link on how to follow along with her and you're not already doing so, you can head on over to Instagram the maker mom podcast account at maker mom podcast link in the bio there and you will have a choice of going to show notes which will take you to the show notes for this episode will include links to how to follow along with Lindsay, plus links to uh, wagner spray tech our wonderful sponsor and their series of control sprayers um, also, any previous and past episode show notes are up there so you can follow along with all of the lovely ladies that I have had on the podcast. Plus, uh, there's an option to head on over to Patreon if you want to see what is this Patreon patron thing all about. You can go check that out. There's $1, $3, and $5 a month levels, and you get goodies at each of those levels. And would love to have you join the tribe and have you start being part of the list at the start of the episode. Episode that gets a very special thank you um, and what else is over there I think I also have some link to workwear uh, for women uh, stuff that I personally wear and enjoy wearing so you can check that out as well alright um, I hope all of you are staying safe staying healthy staying sane which I understand may be impossible at this point in time Uh, and just, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.